Hey, Dylan Kelly here, host of the Wave Break Podcast. Excited to get into this episode, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor. If you're looking to grow your business, there's only one way, and that is by building real quality customer relationships. Most marketing software will claim they do this, but they never deliver on their promises, and you need to demand more from your marketing software. And that's where Clavio comes in. Clavio helps you build meaningful customer relationships by listening and understanding cues from your customers, allowing you to easily turn that information into valuable marketing messages. And that's why 10,000 innovative brands, including all of our clients at Wavebreak, have switched to Clavio. Now, What's the secret to building those customer relationships? Tune in to Clavio's Beyond Black Friday docuseries to find out and unlock exact marketing strategies you can use to keep momentum going all year round. Just head over to clavio.com slash beyond BF for more. Link is going to be down in the show notes below. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Wavebreak Podcast. I'm Dylan Kelly, founder of Wavebreak, and if you're new here at Wavebreak, we help e-commerce brands stop leaving money on the table and maximize their email revenue, and we do that with our flagship full-service e-commerce email marketing service. We take over your email marketing and turn it into a top revenue driver that's consistent, and you don't have to worry about it. Listen, if your email marketing you know, is not performing, you know, it's inconsistent, or you just feel like there's untapped potential in that, go pick up our free checklist we put together uh, just for this year. Um, it's even more relevant, right? It's the beginning of the year, uh, you know, 2020. Are you going to crush it or are you going to do the same as last year? Listen, if email wasn't a big revenue driver for you, you got to get this checklist and go through it. You can pick it up at emailsuccesschecklist.com. Just type that in your phone right now or wherever you're listening. Get that checklist, pick it up. It's an 80-20 rule. It's going to show you, you're going to see exactly what mistakes you're making and the opportunities on where that is. And if you want to engage Wavebreak and hire us to help you break through that mold, you can apply for a free intro call at wavebreak.co slash call. And what we'll do is we'll just hop on a call, see if there might be a fit. You know, we'll just chat. Like I only like to work with brands that, you know, I like as well as brands that, you know, we truly believe we can help. That's our guarantee. Like we're not going to let you hire us if we don't think that we can crush it for you. And after that, like if we both decide together that there might be a fit, what we'll do is we'll exhaustively analyze your email marketing. And from there, we'll put together a plan and then we'll get together and we'll review that plan together um and if you think it's good and and you're ready to move forward we'll move forward we'll put that plan in action and we'll turn your email into a consistent a revenue driving channel so if you want to learn more about that and you want to hop on a call and kind of learn about that and see if you might be a fit uh for that all you got to do is go to wavebreak.co slash call and uh you can apply for a free intro call right there. Uh, Just heads up, not everybody is accepted. um, So make sure you put time and effort into that application. So without further ado, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast. Like We got bigger and bigger and bigger guests coming on the show every single week who are doing some incredible things with their businesses. Uh, This week is no different. We've got Brian Linton from United by Blue, really incredible entrepreneur. Um, 
you know, they're an outdoor brand. They have a rapidly growing e-commerce presence. They also have, you know, their own stores, which is really awesome in Philadelphia, as well as over 1,300 retail partners that they're selling in, you know, brands like REI, companies like that, um, as well as just like a bigger mission to their company, which I'll let Brian kind of explain in a second. But Basically, they remove a pound of trash for every product purchase, and they've already removed over 2 million pounds of trash. Really incredible stuff. Um, And yeah, I'm just really excited for this episode just because, you know, one thing that me and Brian talk about are just like, you know, in 2020, like ad prices are just going to continue to increase. The e-commerce space is only going to get more and more competitive. So I'm interested in his take. Like he's been in business for, you know, a decade at this point running this company uh, United by Blue. So he's seen a lot, especially as they've evolved. And uh, I'm interested to see his perspective, what he's betting on in 2020, kind of his strategy for everything. Uh, this is going to be a great episode. Like I said, you know, Brian knows his stuff. He's, you know, been in business for a long time, really successful guy. So really excited to hop into this episode. So without further ado, thanks so much for coming on the show, Brian. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So really excited to chat with you today. You've got uh, a really awesome company that you're running here over uh, currently over 2 million pounds of trash removed as a result of you know products purchased from your company so excited to dive into that a little bit but before we get into the details of you know everything you've got going on and everything you're doing now like what's your story like how'd you get into this and just if you could give us some background on you and the company uh, that'd be a great place to start sure so the background of the company really starts like for many people um, with with how and where I was raised, and I was I was raised in Southeast Asia, predominantly in Singapore, and so my my childhood was very international in the sense that I got to travel around a bunch and see a lot of the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of how we treat our environment. And so so growing up, I was always in love love with the aquatic world. I wasn't a traditional, you know, beach guy that loved surfing. I was more of more, more interested in what's in the water, uh, scuba diving, raising tropical fish at home. I had 30 fish tanks at one point where I was raising a ton of different oh, wow. uh, spe- species yeah, and, and breeding them and, and, and sort of had, had a, had a little business of sorts where I would, I would breed fish and, and, you know, high end tropical fish and I would sell them back to the pet stores and other people. Um, so I was always really intrigued by that. And, and the one thing that I knew about having these, these really expensive, beautiful fish was that I had to keep the water clean. So, so water quality was always super important. And if the water wasn't clean, they would die. So, you know, in my travels, and then when I came and I moved to the States, one thing that always shocked me was, you know, when, when you see dirty water and you see trash in it, um, pretty obvious to me, but it's not right. It's, it's, you know, I wouldn't have dirty water or trash in my, in my fish tanks. And therefore why, why would, why would we want it in our, our oceans and waterways? So I originally started a brand when I was 19 in 2006 with a focus on, uh, giving back to ocean conservation by way of uh, a small donation of 5% of proceeds. And I, I did that brand while I was in college and I, I grew it into, you know, pretty, pretty decent solopreneur type of type of operation where I was importing and selling uh, jewelry, belts, hats, flip flops uh, up and down the East coast. And, but what I realized was that I wasn't really having any tangible impact. And I also wasn't really building a, a brand of any substance or meaning. Um, it wasn't really anything that I was excited to do every day. And therefore I started to look for, for ways that I could evolve my business into something that I would care a little bit more about. So I was fortunate to graduate in 2008 into the uh, right into the market collapse and the greatest recession of our time. 
um, you know, I was the most fortunate <laughs> graduating class of the last hundred years, I would say. And, but actually that, that shaped my, my understanding of the world and understanding of, of sort of consumer brands as well as the retail world. And so what I, what I learned through that was I wanted to, I wanted to build something that had a lot greater purpose and meaning. And I also wanted to build something that was going to fill a little bit more of a white space in, in the retail industry than, than just a generic jewelry brand. And so I chose the outdoor industry because I love the outdoors and I, and I, and I, I felt like there was an opportunity for an outdoor lifestyle brand to, to speak to the millennial consumer who are my peers. And, and I, I went out and I, I started United by Blue in 2010 uh, with a focus on, on being, being a brand that I could be passionate about, but also being a brand that would have a tangible and concrete impact on ocean and waterway conservation through a mission of removing a pound of trash for every product sold. Yeah, that's awesome. Like fast forwarding to now, can you just give us like a little perspective, of like where the business is at now after you've grown it over the last, I mean, almost 10 years now? Sure. So we're, um, we're, yeah, almost 10 years old. We're in about 1300 retail locations in terms of distribution through our wholesale business. So we have a pretty good concentration in North America, largely based in, in specialty outdoor and places like REI but also sort of industry agnostic in the sense that we can be in a Barnes and Noble as well, or a Whole Foods, which we're, which we're in. So very interesting distribution channels. Um, we're also in Europe. Uh, we have probably about a hundred retail locations that carry us in Europe, which is a new market for us. And then some limited distribution in Asia. We also have a, uh, our e-commerce business, obviously. Uh, and then we have two local Philadelphia stores, um, which are also cafes and restaurants. So they're they're pretty cool community spaces in Philadelphia, one on each side of the city. Um, and then and then we're uh, since the holidays, we're we're doing a couple pop up shops as well in the, in the region. Nice, that's awesome. I'm curious, like, did you start the business out like because you had some experience, you know, selling into wholesale before? Like, did you start United by Blue and say, or I guess you kind of evolved into it, but like. Did you start the wholesale route? Did you start e-commerce or like, what did that kind of look like? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, unlike my peers that are, you know, starting say digitally native brands, um, I, I would say that we're, we're not digitally native. I started with wholesale. I, I, I understood that channel and understand that channel more than anything because, um, I, I always believed that putting the brand out in physical, physical retail locations was not only the best way to, sustainably um, grow the brand and get it out in front of more people, but also do so in a way that was actually um, free marketing as well or, or paid marketing. But instead of, you know, paid digital marketing, it's actually we're getting paid to do it. So retailers are out there putting our products on their shelves, talking about our brand, selling it. But ultimately, those customers are going back home and they're they're discovering United by Blue online now and and, you know, if they're in the Philadelphia region and in one of our stores. So started wholesale, grew into digital, and then also grew into stores. But but wholesale was was indeed the starting point and still represents a, a significant portion of the business. Got it. Is wholesale still kind of like the main focus and the biggest part of the business? Or what would you say that no, is? I, I wouldn't say it's the main focus. Um, it's definitely... Uh, a big focus. We, we have a team that supports it. You know, we have a, a sales force and in-house sales team as well as like dealer service reps, but we also are heavily focused on D to C and believe that, you know, for the, for the, for the longevity of the brand, it is important for us to own those customer relationships as much as we can. 
Um, we believe that it can be omni though. And, and, and for many people, you know, omni as a buzzword is, is, is often used to describe, you know, digital plus company owned stores for us. Omni is three. It's, it's wholesale company owned stores and, 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 and e-commerce. And, um, we believe that, you know, as long as somebody is buying a United by blue product in one of those platforms, we're obviously making money and we're, we're acquiring new customers. So, so really they, 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 they play well together. We, we we're looking for ways to even increase the interaction between those channels. You know, one of the ideas being, you know, that, you know, if, if, if we can even drive more people to the wholesale channels that we're selling to, they get a chance, you know, online customers get a chance to experience product in person, try it on. Um, you know, there's not many digital brands that have 1300 touch points. Um, they have, you know, even, even some of the more, you know, prominent leading D2C digitally native brands, you know, might only have, you know, 30 or 40 or 50 stores of their own, but we have realistically 1300 retail locations that people can go to and experience the brand, which we think is really powerful for the e-commerce business as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I like that. Like the three pronged approach. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Listen, accidents happen. Maybe you installed an app in your Shopify store and it messed up your theme or a CSV import wrecked your product catalog. And there's this common myth that when things go wrong, Shopify can just help you and they have this magic undo button that they can apply to your account and fix everything. But that's not true. Shopify can't do that. So what do you do? Well, you need to use Rewind to protect your store with automatic backups. It's like having your very own magic undo button. And best of all, if you sign up at rewind.io and respond to any of their welcome emails, because they're a sponsor of the podcast, all you got to do is mention the Waybreak podcast and they'll get you your first month for free. So go check Rewind out at rewind.io. Like, when did you decide, like, okay, like, we're going to start doubling down on the DTC stuff? Uh, really, it, was, it wasn't until a couple of years ago. We, okay. we decided to really, you know, we always were one of those brands that always had a website. You know, we were always uh, adding, you know, seasonal launches to it. But it wasn't really a focus um, until, until a couple of years ago when we started to, to, to take a serious look at what, what a digital marketing strategy would look like, what a... Uh, uh, even like a catalog strategy would look like because being somewhat traditionalist in the sense that, you know, we're, we're, we're not digitally native. We, we believe that, you know, some of these more traditional marketing channels are still very, very relevant and oftentimes even more relevant as digital spend or as, as cost of customer acquisition through digital means has gone up so much. So uh, a couple of years ago, we started toying around with catalogs like print media um, as well as, uh, you know, doubling down on say email marketing as well as paid digital uh, channels. Got it. Yeah, that makes total sense. I think that's super interesting, you know, doubling down on catalogs and print media, you know, especially in this day and age, I feel like a lot of people are like, wait, what's he talking about? Like, uh, like some people might've even forgot that's a thing, but I'm curious, like your strategy and your approach to it. I mean, I imagine for a brand like yours, it works really well. Cause you can just do some really cool stuff like in the outdoor space. So like, what does that look like? Do you have like a magazine you produce? Are you going in other magazines or like, what does that strategy look like? Yeah, we produce, we produce a catalog, um, every, well, this year probably have produced, um, six or seven um we'll send throughout the year um a couple each season and then a couple in the holiday season so like next week for instance we have a catalog hitting 100 plus thousand homes um which you know in the grand scheme of things is still a smaller send but but it's really focused on uh remarketing to our our current house file as well as some limited prospecting and then we'll increase our prospecting list 
in the holidays when prospecting tends to return a little bit more. So, you know, there's, there, there's a lot to be said about, about print when it comes to how good it is for, 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 for keeping that current customer list engaged versus, um, versus other means, because at the end of the day, like, you know, you, you, you get a physical piece of mail and when it's in your home, you have to touch it, right? You don't have to touch as much as I love email marketing and email marketing is a massive part of our, of our, of our sort of marketing and revenue channel. Um, if you aren't engaging in emails, you know, you can easily like, you, you can easily not engage in, in emails is what I'm saying, but, but with, but with something like a catalog, it's like, it's, it's going to touch your hand. Like you like physically touch your hand, even if it's on the way to the wastebasket and not that we want people to throw these away. And we try to do it in the most sustainable way possible with, with, with FSE certified paper and recycle paper and everything that we do. We, we obviously, we obviously have this lens of sustainability, but, but it's hard to avoid. And the cost of, of getting that into somebody's hand from a, a paid marketing uh, aspect now is oftentimes cheaper than a click online, like on Facebook or Google AdWords. Wow. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, with the price of ads and how everything's going up lately, it's funny. I feel like so many people totally forget that, you know, sending catalogs is an option. It is. And I, I think people have definitely in the last couple of years, we've, you know, we've seen that turn into something more competitive. And, you know, as much as the cost of the send hasn't gone up, uh, the cost or the, uh, the, the attention or the amount of mail that, that you might get as a consumer now has gone up because people have come back around to it. And you, you do see a lot of digitally native brands doing it now. Right. You know, you can, you, if you, if you get mail at your, your home, you can probably think about all the different digitally native brands that are targeting you right now, because you're on a, you're <laughs> right. on a prospecting list. You're on a lookalike marketing list that basically, you know, some of these data companies are, are selling and, you know, uh, it's amazing how accurate it can be because I get some really interesting brands, brand catalogs. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool, cool stuff. I'm, I'm stoked. And like, and that's, that's the power of data and the power of, of, of direct mail because, um, it's hard, again, it's hard to avoid when it lands in your, in your mailbox. Whereas when it lands in your inbox, sometimes you can, you can, you know, delete it pretty quick. Right. Or not so, even see it, you know, or not, or not even email see it. People are getting. Filtered, exactly. It gets, it gets filtered out or, or you just, you just choose not to see it because you get so much email. Um, that being said, there is similar issues with print mail that is similar to email in the sense that as that, as that volume increases, I mean, you know, I assume the people that were doing strong email marketing, you know, 10, 10, 12 years ago, it was a lot easier to be, be, be noticed. Um, but you know, same thing with mail right now is you're, you're getting a lot more than you got two years ago, even if you haven't been monitoring it. And, and so it is getting a little bit more competitive in the sense that, you know, everybody only has so much attention to give to their mail every day. So we'll see things shake out over the next few years as, as people sort of find that balance between digital and, and, and print. And I think that, um, you know, us for one, we, we like print because it is a complement to the overall strategy and it also allows us to tell our story in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Are you, do you like track that somehow? Like, do you know like how the catalog is doing? Like, do you use different discount codes or like, how are you, how do you measure that? 
So the best way to measure it is just through matchback sales, through address matching. Okay. Um, so, and that's that's something that the data the data companies will provide um, as a part of as a part of the service. So, so when you do prospecting, so you can always send obviously to your house file, which would be your customers that you've sold to in the past. And you have we have all their addresses, so we know who to sell send those to, and that represents the profitable, the most profitable part of of the print uh, strategy. So, so you know if you're sending print to your house file you're going to have a profitable send as long as, as long as you're sending something that they, that they want. Um, and then, and then, and then beyond that, we're, we're basically using analytics and working with data companies, multiple data companies to create prospecting lists based upon whether or not that's lookalike or based upon targets that we want to do. Um, and so at the end of a catalog campaign that, the sales data is is provided back to the data companies, and then they'll provide the the return, and they'll they'll show the matchback sales. So they'll say, you know, you sold to X amount in your house file, you sold to X amount in prospecting, and and here's the demand that this book generated. So the dollars that this book generated, um, and so you measure the, the the success of the catalog on on a on a per book basis. So you, you look at your house file and you say, okay, you know, I. I generated five bucks a five bucks a book through through house, and then you look at prospecting and you say, oh, I generated ninety cents a book on prospecting. Got it. Okay. Wow, I didn't know that. That's super cool. And w- one thing you mentioned that I thought was really interesting. Well, just you know, I mean, we all know this, but like everything's getting more competitive and more saturated nowadays. I'm curious, like, what are your like, what are some things that United by Blue is doing to you know kind of stand out and stay competitive? You know, whether it's on the digital side or you know we're talking email or catalogs. Like, what are some of the things? I mean, I think something that's really cool is like your angle of you know donating the trash for every product. But like, what else are you kind of doing? Or I mean, maybe that's part of it. But like, what are you doing to stay competitive? You know, going into you know 2020 and just the future. You know, more so than our mission, which is definitely an important part of that. I think that the thing that we're really focused on is is product differentiation and, and making sure that you know we have a we have a very broad product line, but it's it's incre- it's increasingly and incredibly important for us to have strong stories and strong perspectives on product within our line. And what I mean by that is, you know, we don't see it as much as we. we one moment we might describe ourselves as a lifestyle brand because holistically in many ways, that's what we are. We, we don't treat ourselves like a lifestyle brand and we don't look at the product as, as, as a lifestyle brand's product because it's, it's really important for, for, for us to have brand equity within the products themselves and not just United by blue. So, so what I mean by that is, you know, when you come to United by blue.com, you should be almost experiencing a multitude of, of sub brands in the sense of these products, these products are not just a generic shirt or, or, you know, just a flannel, it's the responsible flannel and year over year, you know, you're building brand equity in the idea that the responsible flannel is the United by blue flannel line, but it's, but it's a brand in and of itself or with our, with our innovation in materials, we use bison fiber, which is a material that we procured and developed from the ground up from a supply chain that we developed and we share, American bison and then we make it into yarns and we make it into socks then we also make it into insulation and all of this is under the umbrella of bison shield so bison shield is our is our basically our, our, our brand of bison insulation and yarn so we have bison insulate bison shield insulation bison shield yarns which make these great bison products so so really in terms of in terms of 
in terms of remaining competitive and 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 growing into you know the next great outdoor brand and the, the next great sustainable living brand it's really about having those those specific product differentiation points that you can go to and you you can build you can almost build brands within brands yeah, that's super cool. I love that perspective. Um, and I, I mean, I think one thing too, like listeners, if you go check out the United by Blue site and look at the product pages, I mean, they're really well done at like telling the story. It's not just like, hey, here's a sweatshirt or uh, <laughs> a jacket that is, you know, this length, this width. I mean, one thing I think your site does really well is just like t- telling a different story. Like I'm looking at this jacket here and it's like the perfect airplane pillow. And that's to describe the way that you can like fold it down in less than 30 seconds. And then there's like a GIF on the side that's like folding it down which is super cool and yeah i think that's that's huge especially you know nowadays with the way things are going right and and the way people buy too i'm sure you've noticed the different trends there i'm curious like what like how does being you know a b corp with this like bigger mission like how has that impacted your company like were you always uh b corp from uh, like um what i'm trying to say were you always donating a pound of trash for every product from day one or like what did yeah tell me about that yeah, it was it was from day one. There was there was never a moment where United by Blue existed without that mission. Even even the brand name, right? United by Blue means we're all united by by blue, by oceans and waterways, by 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 the water. And so we did our first cleanup, you know, even before we sold our first T-shirt. And um, that mission has been fundamental to 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 growing the brand. And you know, it was also very early on in, in, in sort of this, this, this model of having environmental activism as part, as part of a brand. Um, so we're really proud of, of sort of spearheading and pioneering those efforts. Um, the, the, the other part of your question, um, regarding B Corp is we, we became a B Corporation in 2011, about a year or so after we became a company. And, that was also very early on in the B Corp movement. I think it was the first 300 or so B Corps that we were a part of. And for us at the time, and, and currently still, it was really important for, for us to have something beyond our mission that helped define our expectations for how we're going to grow this company. And so being a B Corp is about using the power of business to have a, a positive impact on the environment or society. And... And, and, and I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like the underlying DNA of the company that is a little bit more broad and well-rounded than, than even our mission is. Got it. Yeah. I think that's super cool. You know, I think, you know, I see a lot of people like launch businesses and it's like they grow them and it's like, they'll even grow them to a ton of revenue, but it's like, it's like they're, they're still, they're like, "Ah, why am I even doing this? Like, what is it all for? I think, you know, being, you know, being a part of a bigger mission like that, I think that's huge. I think that's awesome. And the the way that you do it, it's really cool too. And the way that it's trackable and that everybody can see and it's tangible. And you do that across like, you know, whether somebody buys in a store or direct to consumer online, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Well, hey, we're starting to run out of time here. Like as we wrap up, just curious, like what's in the pipeline for United by Blue and like, or just kind of like, you know, what are your thoughts going into the new year in uh, 2020? So going into the new year, we're, we're really excited about, um, having an opportunity to focus on the D2C channels and, and, and push for growth there. Um, we, we see a lot of opportunities, so we're, we're really refining our product perspective and, and making sure that we're um, making sure that we're doubling down on, on the products that, that are showing the most promise really, 
you know, making sure that we're, 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 we're almost like narrowing our focus on, on doing more with less. So you'll see a lot more stories about the, the things that matter to us versus trying to have a scattershot approach to things. Um, we're also looking at additional stores. We think that stores play into our, our overall D2C business in a, in a really positive way. Um, everywhere we have stores, really, I mean, Philadelphia being being the most notable is, is where we see our e-commerce business be the highest. So Philadelphia is not a, not, not a logical spot for us to have the highest e-commerce sales, especially the type of brand we are, but, but, but it is because we have stores here. So we, we really believe in the power that, that that has for us. So we're looking at that in, in the new year as well. Nice. That's awesome. Well, hey, really appreciate you taking the time coming on the show. Um, as we start to close out the show, where can we go to learn more about you and United by Blue? Uh, really united by blue.com is, is the best place to go to learn more about, uh, about both. I would say. Awesome. Sweet. So I'll make sure we get that linked up down in the show notes below. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I, re- I really appreciate it, Brian. Thanks Dylan. I appreciate it. Now listener, before I sign off, stop me. If this sounds familiar, your email marketing is stuck. You feel like you could be doing email better you're not generating enough email revenue, and you feel like you're leaving money on the table. But you don't have the time to figure email out yourself or or do it on your own because you have a business to run. Imagine this. Imagine not having to worry about leaving money on the table with your email marketing. Imagine not having to figure out what to send, when to send it, how many emails should look, what automation you need, what segments you need, how often you should be contacting your email list, or just worrying about sending the next email. You don't have to worry about any of that. Imagine having peace of mind knowing that your email marketing is generating sales in good hands. At Wavebreak, we help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. That's it. We don't do anything else. And we've created a system called the Wavebreak method that, number one, makes you less dependent on Facebook or other marketing channels. Let's say something bad happens. Facebook says, see you later, Shopify store, and they just completely kill your ad traffic overnight. You don't have to worry. You don't have to stress because you're good to go because you have a cushion of email revenue. You don't have to worry about how or what your wife is going to do or if you're going to be able to make rent or if you're going to be able to pay people because you have this cushion of email revenue to rely on. Number two, the second thing this does is huge. And it's how stores scale from seven figures to eight figures uh, to nine figures. And the secret is repeat purchases. The Waybreak method gets rid of one-time buyers and increases repeat orders. Number three, it keeps your email list engaged. You don't have to worry about Black Friday and beyond. We'll figure out the ideal amount of times that your list needs to be contacted to maximize revenue, and then we'll execute it for you. If you want to learn more about this system and how we can work together to apply it to your business, go to wavebreak.co to schedule a call with me. And I'll personally send you my calendar link and we can chat one-on-one. Now, I don't have unlimited time to do these calls. I can only do a couple of them per week. So if you want to get your call, uh, go sign up at wavebreak.co for it as soon as possible and we can talk about how we can work together. Thanks for listening to this episode. Subscribe to the show on iTunes to get notified of new episodes as soon as they drop. 